Amen. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. It's good to be together in the house of the Lord. Hear these words. This week, let us remember that there is a Christ within us constantly birthing wisdom and a deep knowing if we will but listen with a contemplative heart. This week, let us remember that there is a Christ within us that is constantly birthing wisdom and a deep knowing if we will just listen with a contemplative heart. Let us make space. Let us pay attention to the quiet in order that that voice that brings peace by gently saying, do not be afraid, can be heard. Let us pray. Lord, sometimes it takes the silence to hear your voice. Sometimes it takes a moment to release all that which distracts us. A space in which we contemplate your holy presence to hear your word for us today. This morning, Lord, Focus us, speak to us, bring to us in the midst of a busy season a word in which we can contemplate that not only speaks to this hour, but to this season and the reason you have come and the hope we can find in it. So set me aside, Lord. Open our hearts to you. Amen. A children's Sunday school class was putting on a Christmas pageant that featured Mary and Joseph and the inn. One of the boys just really, really wanted to be Joseph. But when the list was handed out on who was assigned the parts, this boy got to be the innkeeper. innkeeper. And unfortunately, his rival got to be Joseph. So, of course, as this boy began to go through practice, and without telling anybody, he began to plan how he might get back at his rival for being Joseph. So when the night came, and Mary and Joseph walked across the stage and knocked on the door, the innkeeper answered in a gruff voice, What can I do for you? And Joseph said, We would like a room in the inn, please. And so the innkeeper decided to throw open the door, and come on in, now you can have the best room in the house. Well, you can imagine how this took Joseph off guard, and he did not know what to do. But then he smiled. He poked his head into the house, looked around, and said, No wife of mine can live in a messy place like this. Come on, Mary, let's go to the barn. And the play began again. 
Many of us look for signs on what to do. We just want something in the midst of the confusion or the chaos to tell us which way to go. It sure would be nice if we could have an angel that when we didn't know what to do, would speak to us and tell us the next right steps. Uncertainty is a fact of life. This seems ever more true today. And as we hear Joseph's words in today's scripture, it reminds us. It reminds us of God's presence with us. God had big plans for Joseph. Probably not the plans that Joseph had in mind for he and Mary. Listen to what those plans are. How is it that Joseph responds? And what is that holy space that is created for all of this to happen? So join me as we read today's gospel lesson coming from the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. I hope you've brought your Bibles. If not, there's one in the pew or your devices to use online. Please join us with your Bibles, too, this morning. Matthew, chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived as her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from the sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the Lord by the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as wife, but he had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Well, it seems in all the Christmas pageants that are performed, Joseph never gets that starring role. But man, is his role so important. Joseph was Jesus' legal father, but not his literal father. What a tough place to be. What a tough role to fill. What if you were planning a wedding and all of a sudden God said, prepare for a nursery? How would you have reacted? Jewish marriages typically were prearranged by the parents, and they happened in three stages. There was a contract, there was an engagement, and then there was the consummation of the marriage. Mary and Joseph were in that middle section, that engagement section, which was actually a legally bonding time of husband and wife. But needless to say, Joseph finds himself in a dilemma. A pretty serious dilemma. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. What were the social effects of the situation? What would people say? How would people talk about when this news got out? Joseph, by right, could divorce her. 
This is really the only way he could get out of the marriage. He could lie and say it was his, which would not be true. And if Mary had been unfaithful by law, she could be stoned to death. So here's the dilemma. A dilemma that Joseph faced between law and love, conviction and compassion. He could hold her to the strict letter of the law, but it says that Joseph planned to dismiss her privately because he was a righteous man. In the midst of the dilemma, what did Joseph have? What did he have? A dream. He had a dream. I cannot imagine that Joseph slept at all. I bet he was up for nights. We don't know how long it lasted. I bet he tossed and turned. I'm sure he had butterflies or knots in his stomach. Finally, he falls asleep, and he has a dream. And in the dream, he's assured to take Mary to be his wife. But did you catch what else we learned? Three things about this child. How it happened that the child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The role of the child that he would save the people from their sins. And what would his name be? But Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. Now naming was not just a, an honor, but it was an adoption. When a parent named a child, he claimed it as yours. It took your name. The child, who the child was, and whose he was. You remember where Joseph was from? From the line of David. And so by Joseph naming him, Jesus is adopted into this line of David, from which the prophets foretold he would come. So what's the big deal when God chose the name his son would carry? He chose the name Jesus. Today we hold that in reverence and in awe. In this time, though, Jesus was a common name, a common name that would appear on a class roll two or three times in one class. When God chose to reveal himself to humankind, he did so through a human body. God was willing to come down on earth as a human. Though there was nothing ordinary about this baby, he would be extraordinary. God takes the common and makes it uncommon. So then what will Joseph's decision be? What will his choice be to do in this regard? He decides to be obedient. He trusts in what the angel told him. Joseph moves the wedding date up and he marries Mary. He waits until Jesus is born to have sexual relations with her. This is more than the angel commanded him. Joseph is not just obeying. He's taking this statement in this dream that he's received from God and following it and supporting it. Now we know that God chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus. But in so doing and in this dream, we learn that God also chooses, chooses Joseph to be his earthly father. And what a good father he was. Joseph adopts the one that the rest of the world is going one day to reject. As a result, Joseph shares the shame, the unjust shame that would be heaped upon Mary and now upon him. Joseph could choose, follow the letter of the law or follow this new faith that his heart had given him. Joseph chose Mary's dignity over the law. 
He chose the heart of the law, not the letter of the law. He was open to a new interpretation when he received a word from the living God. Why did this happen? How did this happen? Because he was open to that space, that holy space of holy knowing, to listen and to trust in the holy, in what he did not know. Well, it's the week before Christmas. Things begin to get busy and crazy. Sometimes our lives are fraught. We find ourselves caught in this hustle and bustle of preparing for Christmas or what we think Christmas really is. But it's not too late. It's not too late for us to stop, to experience and invite others to experience a more contemplative Christmas. Matthew in the scripture text focuses on Mary's pregnancy and Joseph's reaction. But look at Jesus' journey. Let's go a little bit deeper. Where does it begin? In the depths, in the dark, in the womb. It's this image that informs our journey as we understand and contemplate the holy knowing. It's the holy knowing that comes when we tend to our own depths inside of our bodies, our souls, and our spirits. We began this worship series talking about holy time and holy people and holy space and today about holy knowing. Even the pain that may come when we face what we keep hidden in the depths is part of the anointing of a more incarnational life. Richard Rohr writes, God hides in the depths and is not seen as long as we stay on the surface of anything, even the depths of our sins. Childbirth does not happen without pain. New life does not happen without pain. And holy knowing, it's our own rebirth with Christ that may include some fear and even some wrestling with different things. But we too can hear what Joseph heard. In the midst of his dilemma and in the midst of his decision, these words, do not be afraid. We cannot know the blessings in store for us and we, until we listen for the alternatives to our complex problems, until we sit quiet for a minute or two, and you know what can happen in that very minute? A miracle. The answer we've been looking for are the reminder that God is with us. Look at the Isaiah passage, or recall, or let me remind you of that passage that Andy read earlier. It comes in the midst of one of those complex problems. This is a political story of unrest and deception and threats to national security. Ahaz has the responsibility of Judah in his hands, and things are not going well, partly because of his own history of complicating things. But they're given a sign. A sign that the prophet Isaiah offers that God gives in the midst of chaos 
is simply this. God is with us. The sign is a child. And his name is Emmanuel. This reference that is given by the prophet of a scriptural sign being fulfilled is the way in which Isaiah leads to the next two chapters. And especially chapter 9 in verse 6 where we learn whose authority will be stronger than any political power. So what do we do? What do we face in those obstacles, those complex problems that we find ourselves in? We drop into the depths to gain for ourselves a sacred knowing about what reigns in our life. We dwell there. Long enough, perhaps as Joseph did in a dream, to prepare for the news that God is with us. But for this to happen, we must find a contemplative practice, a holy moment in time, holy people in a holy space to engage in an embodied practice. One that helps us to listen. One that helps us to focus. To take part in an experience of seeing the sacred of seeing the holy reflected that results in bringing us a peace that passes all understanding. Two things we learn from today's passage or that today's passage reminds us of. God is in the business of speaking to ordinary people. People like you and me. God uses ordinary people to do and be part of extraordinary things. God takes the common and gives it a mission and a purpose. What is your purpose? What is the bigger picture that God is calling you to do or to be? Perhaps you have a common job or common gifts, you think. What's it about your gifts or job that can become extraordinary for him. God not only speaks to ordinary people, he gives us, ordinary people, the courage to overcome our fears and to face the future with security and support. He uses ordinary people like you and me to do his kingdom work in the chaotic world in which we live. So let not this Christmas season pass. Let not this week pass without remembering and reflecting on the story of Joseph. The dilemma he faced. The decision that he made because of the dream that was revealed to him. For Joseph's act of courage and obedience and faithfulness. What a difference. What a difference the birth of Jesus made in Joseph's life. And what a difference that the birth of Jesus makes in our life. That's what happens when we know the holy. That's what happens when we take time to listen, contemplate the holy. There is a Christ within us that is constantly birthing wisdom and a deep knowing if we will but listen with a contemplative heart. Are you listening? 
Speak, Holy Spirit. Speak, Heavenly Lord. For your servants are listening. Amen. <clears throat>